Hey runners, before we get started, just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone that has left us a rating or review over on iTunes. Your ratings and reviews really help us to find new people to help more runners. And it's a great way for you to say thank you for all of the free content that we put out for you on a weekly basis. So if you haven't yet, please go leave us a review, screenshot this and share it on social media so that we can help more people to run their life. Now onto the show. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right. So welcome everybody to the episode today. Super excited that you're here. Thanks for being here. We always appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to us. And before we get started on this episode, we just wanted to remind you of the new free resource that we've created for you to help you gain awareness on where you are in your running right now. Because the first step to improving anything in your life, especially your running, is getting really clear on where you are right now. Having that awareness and that clarity on your current point so that you know, okay, this is where I am. Now from here, I can actually move forward. Yeah, it's it's a really good checkpoint to see, hey, where am I coming in right now? Especially if you're coming off of like an injury, a sickness, yeah. like a break from a while or not. Maybe, or you, not. Just, maybe you just came off of a race and you're like, okay, this is where I am. And it, it feels mm-hmm. really good where I am. Whatever it is, it's yeah. always good to just take a checkpoint of where are you in your running journey? Yeah, and so we like to call it my running snapshot. And that's where you can find it over at realliferunners.com forward slash snapshot. Um, it's a free download. Just put your email address and we'll get it sent right over to you. Because like Kevin said, this is something that's important to do no matter where you are in your running journey, whether or not, you know, you, maybe you have been inconsistent for a while and you want to say, okay, like time for me to like be brutally honest with myself here. Right. Or maybe you're like really proud of where you are right now. It's like, okay, like let's celebrate where I am right now and kind of compare where I am now to where I was a few months ago. So either way, it's a really good idea to get clear on where you are right now so that you can have that momentum that you want and that motivation moving forward to achieve your future goals. So head over to realliferunners.com forward slash snapshot. And we'll put that in the show notes for you guys also. So if you're listening on your Apple device or Spotify or whatever um, device you're listening on, you can just go to the show notes and click on that and get that free resource today. Now, Let's move on. Excellent. All right. So um, today we have a a bit of an interesting episode, and this stems from what's going on in my life right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we are um, today, we want to talk about safeguarding your body from an attack, right? And I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to title this episode. We're going to see when the episode's over of the exact title that I want to give to it. But like, excellent. You know, It's one of those things that I think that, you know, that's the theme of like, okay, how can we safeguard ourselves from an attack? And as you may or may not be able to guess right now, this is coming because um, it's not me, thank goodness, but it's my mom was hacked this week and she has had bank accounts hacked into, she's had um, her PayPal account, like loans, like other things, like she's kind of freaking out right now. Right. And she was over here at my house today for a big chunk of the day. Um, and thank goodness, like, I'm just, you know, so blessed and lucky that I was able to give her that time to help her navigate this, but she was freaking out on it. And of course, right. Like, I mean, if you see like a charge of $770 coming out of your bank account and you're like, what the heck is this coming from? Right. That was just the one of the things that happened. And then she started kind of going down the rabbit hole and realizing what else was going on. Um, how can we safeguard ourselves from an attack? And yes, cybersecurity is very important. Right. Um, but that's obviously not the topic of our podcast today. We are not cybersecurity mm-hmm. experts. Today, although Today's episode is brought to you by the sponsor and then whatever cybersecurity <laughs> you know, network right? we're going to go with. Yeah, here. that's not what we're doing here. Although I do know a lot about cybersecurity, having an online business, it is very important for me to keep everything secure. And so um, that's one of the reasons I know as much as I do so that I can actually help mom to, to navigate all of this, which is excellent. Um, so if you're not cyber secure, you should do that. <laughs> life, a good starting life point. Tip. Um, but we really want to talk about like safeguarding your body against a physical attack. And, you know, 
okay, maybe we're not like physically being attacked by like, you know, the Canadian geese that are outside of our house and like oh pooping God, all over our sidewalk. Oh my God, they did a number to the sidewalk. It's oh a mess. Oh my God, you guys have Canadian geese where you are because they are loud and obnoxious and make a big mess. I feel like it's the only thing bad coming out of Canada. <laughs> so yeah, most of Canada's good, God, good people, right? God bless your syrup. Yeah, eh? So when we talk about safeguarding our body, maybe it's not like an actual attack, but- You know, if you think about years and years of training that maybe isn't ideal, that can wear down on your body. And so maybe it's not like an like official acute attack, but are you attacking your body day in and day out by the way that you're training? Yeah. So this is not like a a safety episode, how to prepare yourself from running down the sidewalk and, you know, someone coming up and jumping out at you. That's, that's a different. And hopefully none of you have ever have to deal with that. That's a different lesson all all altogether. I think we have an episode way, way early that's on like literally running safety. Yeah. We've had, we've had at least one or two running safety episodes, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about today. This episode is literally how to safeguard your body from like unexpected things popping up. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, that, that injury that I didn't see coming. Coming, that totally derailed me and threw me off of you, you know my running. Saw it coming. You saw it coming, or maybe you you didn't see it coming, but you didn't take the steps that would have prevented it from showing up. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of relies, like goes into the whole like cybersecurity. Is you're not sure exactly how your mom got attacked, but there are right. there are lines of defense that you can put in place. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the school year, we always get new teachers at the beginning of the school year, and they have a whole afternoon they have to spend with the tech people. Yeah, that's like here are all the safeguards that we have to put in place. Mm -hmm. Like if, if I get attacked in through my school email and they can get into the network, it allows them to then get to the credit cards on file of like all of the students' families. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. So there's a whole level of safeguard within my school that all the new teachers are like, okay, this is what you have to do. Yeah. That's what we're working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how can, how does this actually relate to our running? That's what we really want to break down for you guys today is like, how can I safeguard myself from being very vulnerable? And maybe it's not to an attack per se, but it's, it's being very vulnerable to injury or to having your training derailed. Like Kevin said, sometimes people are like, I have no idea what happened. And it's like, well, if we actually go back and look at it, is that actually true? Do you really have no idea what happened? It's like, well, there was that little like ache and pain that's kind of been there for two weeks. And then there were the, like, you can kind of start like going backwards and kind of looking at like the breadcrumbs that were probably there along the way yeah. that you just didn't notice. It, it's like the negative of the overnight success mm-hmm. that was actually 10 years in the making. Yeah. It's that injury that popped up out of no year, nowhere that was actually the last six months in the making. Like right. if you go back and look at it, you're going like, oh, I probably should have done that. And oh, there was that sign. Right. And there, was that. there are signs and there are things that you can do to help, help kind of prevent these things mm-hmm. from just popping up seemingly out of nowhere. Right. And so that's really what we want to help you guys really see today is like, we want to use this episode to kind of like help you see those breadcrumbs that maybe you are experiencing now or have experienced in the past, because the mistake that a lot of runners make is that they just kind of ignore them. Like there are plenty of signs. There are plenty of breadcrumbs along the way, but we like to just ignore them. Oh yeah, we do. (laughs) It's like, ah, it's like the knee pain. It's like, I'm going to still go out for my run. And it's like, how many of those things are we just ignoring? Because when we continue to ignore those things, that's what leads to that pain. That's what leads to that chronic issue that you're experiencing. That's what leads you to have to pull out of that half marathon that you've been training for because you weren't paying attention to some of those breadcrumbs or in some, in some cases, intentionally ignoring some of those things along the way, just quote unquote, hoping they'll go away. Right. I mean, I've been a physical therapist for 15 years now, like many of the patients that I've seen, like the pain comes up runners and non-runners alike, and you just kind of hope it's going to go away. Right. And then I do, it's been a couple of days and then it's been a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden it's been a couple of months. Like I've done this myself for sure. Like yeah. I know that I've done this myself. Like they sometimes say that, you know, we doctors can be the worst patients, which I believe is a hundred percent true in a lot of cases. Um, I, I shouldn't say a hundred percent true because not 
don't know. Let's all go with cases. I do this all the time also. <laughs> we do. Like, we I do. definitely, so, the, the little right. aching we pain are that not comes immune up, you're to like, this. Mm, maybe I can just blame it on my mm-hmm. shoes and get a new pair of shoes and that's going to fix the problem. And sometimes right. it does. A lot of times it does. Right. But we are, we are definitely not immune to this. So this is definitely not one of those um, episodes. Hopefully none of our episodes are, are, is that kind of episode where we're just kind of like sitting here pointing fingers and telling you what you're doing wrong. <laughs> Hopefully that's not what you guys ever hear from us. Hold on, um, let's sit up on our pedestals yeah. and just tell everybody what they're doing uh, wrong with their no. running. Um, the reason we do these episodes is because we've made all of these mistakes before and we've learned from them. And not only have we made them personally, but we've helped hundreds, actually probably thousands of runners at this point um, that have suffered from these mistakes to help reverse the effects of these mistakes. So we want to help you guys right now with that too, um, because we don't want you to be stuck in that cycle of pain. And we don't want you to have to pull out of your race because you're injured. Like we want you to start seeing those breadcrumbs along the way, address them, start picking them up, you know, and then um, safeguarding yourself and building your own layers of protection against injury, against pain, against um, lack of progress, like all the things that we don't like seeing as runners. So all of that starts with a strong foundation. Okay. And this is one of the biggest things that we teach our runners inside the training academy. Our Real Life Runners Training Academy has three phases. We have phase one is intention. Phase two is foundation. And that's really what we're talking about today. And then phase three is optimization. So we really want to dive a little bit deeper into foundation today. I hope you guys understand some of these layers of defense that you might not be paying attention to that can really help you to avoid some of these attacks on your body. Yes. It's like setting up two-factor authentication mm-hmm. on, on your body. Yep. Okay. So we've got, we got a few different areas that we need to kind of hone in on. There's five, but we kind of grouped them into three because a couple of them kind of work together. So let's open with classic. It, it's strength and mobility. I think if you've been listening to us for a while, you may have seen that one coming. Yes. So strength and mobility, we like to put them together because they're very much related Mm -hmm. to each other in making sure your body can actually move power and forces through it and move them in the correct directions. That's how the the mobility kind of plays in there too. Right. That's really what mobility means. I think that sometimes when we we use the term mobility, people aren't quite sure what we're talking about. So let's go ahead and define it Um, because mobility is not the same thing as flexibility. People are like, oh, in order to be more mobile, I just need to stretch more. And that's not what it is at all. Mobility is about being able to move freely in the way that you want to move. Okay. So mobility, when we just kind of look at that, like what allows us to move freely, strength is a component of mobility, right? Strength allows us to move in certain ways, range of motion, like how much available motion do we have in the joints? Um, How stable are our joints, right? There are different components of stability. Like for us to run our hip joint, our knee joint, our ankle joint, all of those things need to be strong and stable in order for us to run efficiently and not get injured. So there are a lot of components of mobility, but strength is, is really a big one. And strength is a big one because you talk about the, uh, the, the structure of a joint, but a whole lot of the things kind of holding that joint in place are not really like muscle tissues to kind of make sure that like your hip is going through the appropriate range of motion. You got like tendons and ligaments in there Mm -hmm. going out for a run is not going to help improve the stability of a joint in certain terms of like tendons and ligaments, because there there's no good blood flow to those. Like you need to go through actual like quality strength training to try and actually improve the stability from like a tendon ligament from a, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for there, doctor non-vascular. Non-vascular is that what I'm trying to go with? Because there's not, not a blood flow going to these, right? But that, I'm 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 just kind of letting you go on this one. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yes, um, there are issues there with vascularity, but it's also um, you know, tendons and ligaments. Tendons are what attach the muscle to the bone. Okay? okay, so like your muscles, when your muscles pull on your bone in order to move your limb through space they use the tendon. That's what the, what attaches the muscle to the bone. And the ligaments are there as just kind of supporting structures to stabilize. So ligaments attach bone to bone. So they're just kind of like supporting structures. Okay. Um, and those as connective tissues, yes, they are sh- connective tissues. That's the term I was trying to Is come up with. Is that what you're looking for? It's totally what I was trying to come up with. Okay. So um, as connective tissues, they're there to support and stabilize. Yes. That is like the main 
um, function of ligaments. Okay. So can we actually- But ligaments like, and tendons are different. Yeah. Can we improve their ability to stabilize through running or do we really, to, to fully improve their stability components, to improve their effectiveness as, as stabilizers, is strength training really a better, more effective path? Strength training is better for tendons. Ligaments um, are strengthened both ways. Excellent. Because ligaments are really strengthened through stress and you can stress the body through running and through strength training. Um, so it really just kind of depends on what you're doing. Um, but tendons are also strengthened through running. It's just all, you have to think of the body as um, it, we need the muscles and the bones and the tendons and the connective tissues and all the different things to work together for us to perform the running motion. Okay. Okay. And the way that that's going to happen again, going back to <clears throat> what mobility is, is being able to move freely through space in the way that we want to move. So when we talk about running and running mobility, we need a lot of strength to do that because not only do we need strength to propel our bodies forward, we also need the the strength and the stability in the muscle to help stabilize the joints as we're running. As we're running, yeah. because it, it's a lot of impact over a very short time window. Right, because it, you, you can't just depend on the ligaments to stabilize the joints. You The muscles also have to stabilize the joints through like an isometric muscle contraction. Yeah. There's so much going on over such a tiny little time frame where your foot's actually in contact with the ground, mm -hmm. like the number of forces and things being relied upon. So uh, I, the point that I was trying to get to is you can't just run to optimize your strength Correct. and to optimize your stability. Like you have to actually put in like clear, clearly defined running specific mm -hmm. strength exercises. Right. Right. Because a lot of times what happens is when, if you just expect running to do your strength training, right? Like I'm just going to get stronger because I'm going to just keep running. When we run, if we don't have the appropriate levels of strength and we have weaknesses in certain areas, especially when we have an imbalance, which most of us have, most of us have imbalances in the body. Like, I don't know if there's anyone in the world that is like perfectly balanced side to side or front to back, right? Like we just naturally as humans, our bodies are amazing, but there's just naturally an, an imbalance in the body um, a lot of times. You, we want to try to use strength training and mobility work and those types of things to try to balance ourselves out as much as possible because when there is an imbalance and the greater that imbalance is, then it can lead to differences in forces on the body and increased wear and tear on certain parts of the body versus the other, which is oftentimes why um, maybe you have like, one side that always kind of flares up, right? Like if you have knee pain, it's like, it's the right knee or it's the right hip or it's the right lower back. Like a lot of times people have like one side mm -hmm. that typically has pain versus the other side. And that's something that I've seen a lot in both runners and non-runners. Yeah. And, then and it's because of those imbalances that we have in the body. Um, one of the other things I want to cover on, on the strength there is running for the most part, you know, if you do a lot of like off-road crazy technical trails, you're uh -huh. doing a lot more lateral movement for the most part, running is in a pretty straight line right. on a relatively stable surface. So you're not Especially necessarily if you're doing road running, right? Yeah. I mean, mo almost all of my running is on a road or sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So I don't get a lot of side to side motion. So I get, end up getting weakness in a lot of the muscles that would be used if I was moving side to side, mm -hmm. I don't directly train those. Unfortunately, you need them as the body gets tired because they help prevent, well, the, the ones that I have issues with are they help prevent my body like hips from rotating as I run from like twisting, which is not ideal. Like you want your body moving in a straight line when you're trying to run in a straight line. As you get tired, the stabilizer muscles start allowing my hips to kind of like shift. I look like I'm like shimmying down the road and then that just starts hurting. Yeah. I mean, you do need rotation in the hips for sure for running, but like excessive rotation. And that's where my is, problem is. is not helpful, right. <laughs> And, and that's kind of goes back to that, those stabilizers again, like you want to have enough strength in the stabilizing muscles, not just your power generating muscles, right? Like a lot of times we think, okay, well, if I want to build my, my strength, I'm going to focus on my glutes. I'm going to focus on my quads. I'm going to focus on my hamstrings. Cause like Kevin said, running is that forward motion, right? So you think about the muscles that are going to help propel you forward, but we also need to help strengthen those lateral stabilizing muscles so that we have that joint stability to allow us to use our power to actually move forward with a, without a lot of like 
excess motion in the joints because that's just going to lead to breakdown. So your first line of defense that we're going to talk about today is strength and mobility, okay? By building a strong running foundation, by doing strength training exercises, by making sure that you have enough motion in your joints that you're not restricted in any of your joints, that's going to help make sure that you don't have these unnecessary wear and tear areas in the body. And then that will put you at a decreased risk of injury. It's not going to, unfortunately, I wish we could, but unfortunately, be nice. we can't a hundred percent prevent all injuries from happening. Right. Because, um, like anything in life, but especially with running, like we are just putting ourselves at risk, but there are things that we can do that will help to decrease that risk, significantly decrease that risk for injury and strength and mobility is definitely one of them. Excellent. Okay. So that's, that's kind of one of our lines of defense. I don't even know if we have like a first, second, and third, they're literally just lines of defense. And the more kind of walls you can put up between you and that like injury out of nowhere, the less likely that injury is to actually fully come on and attack you. So, uh, strength and mobility, that's our first line or that's a line. Hey runners, quick interruption to remind you to pause this episode, take a screenshot and share it to your social media so that you can help us grow this free podcast that we produce for you every single week. Or if you'd like to buy us a coffee and support the show that way, you can head over to realliferunners.com forward slash patron, P-A-T-R-O-N, and you could make a one-time contribution to the show and we'll send you a little gift of appreciation. All right, now back to the episode. Uh, next, we've got nutrition and hydration. We'll put these guys together too, because they're good things to take into your body. Okay. Okay. So basic, basic rules, get enough fuel. I think, okay. th- I think that's what we got. The end. Right. Like, but Kevin that, is keeping it short and sweet for you guys. But I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, but I need to make sure that I get in like the appropriate protein to carb ratio within 30 minutes after my run. Cause I read that somewhere. You need to make sure that you are always making sure that your body is fueled. Yeah. Like, sure. There is like making sure that you've got a pre-run and a post-run. If you're out there for a long time, you want to make sure you're getting fueled during, but the big picture is make sure your body is never running on empty. Mm-hmm. Like just make sure that you're good. Or if, even on low. Yeah. Okay. So from like the driving the car perspective, when it starts beeping at you that it's empty, if it's your body, you can't be like, okay, that means that I can still drive for 45 miles. Yeah. Right. Cause you know how long you can still drive for when it says empty. And then, you know, <laughs> if, if you Kevin drive, does not like that, I challenge my car. Sometimes if you drive the way my beloved <laughs> wife drives, you know, that when it first dings at you, that it's empty, that you still have plenty of miles. Yep. And then when it dings again, that it's like, quote unquote, empty, empty, mm-hmm. I believe is of what, what I've been told. Well, so, you know, back in the day, when, before we had the cars with all of the electronics that would yep. tell you like exactly how many miles you had to empty, then there were the multiple dings, right? Yes. And then I, I knew that like, once I was like at the empty line, I was still fine. Once I started to get below the empty line. Once I... the needle, there was like a gap between the, <laughs> right. the bottom empty line right. and where the needle was. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, we might have to push I it to the gas station. probably do this, right? Now I know that like once my gas says zero miles, that I still have another 20 miles to go. Yes. So I'm still, I'm still doing yes. okay. So how many miles until you have to refill right. the car, the, the brains of the car are telling you the answer is zero. Mm-hmm. You you're telling me the answer is 20. The answer is I'm smarter than the car. And I've only ever run out of gas one time. And that was before I had that. the car that told me how many miles that I had. That mm-hmm. was when I still had the needle. Right. Yeah. From a that ne- was a, a time. Hold on. I'm going to give you guys a fun side story here because Excellent. this was a time that I was so thankful that I was a runner because I took my girls to preschool. I was driving home and there's not a gas station in between like no, the preschool in our house. Right. And so there's like certain places that there's just not, there's no gas stations available, like on my like normal routes. And so it was never quote unquote convenient for me to have gas, have get gas. So on this day I had driven the girls to school. Somehow I had forgotten my phone and my wallet. But luckily I was wearing my running clothes and my running shoes because I was planning on going for a run when I got home. And so my car runs out of gas. I'm about like, not too far, about probably about a mile from home. Okay. So I get out of the car. I'm like, 
Oh goodness. I don't have my phone. I can't call for help. I, there's a gas station down the street, but I don't even have a wallet to go get yep. gas. What the heck am I going to do? And I'm like, okay, well, luckily I've got my running clothes on. I was planning on going for a run anyway. And where my car died was actually on my five mile loop. Yep. So I just started my run. I was like, all right, my car is going to be here. This is what's going to happen. So I ran home, got my running stroller, borrowed a gas can from my neighbor, um, put it in my running stroller, uh-huh. ran to the gas station, filled up the gas can, continued my loop. So, I mean, people that are seeing me. Now you're running down the street with a, with a bob baby stroller full of a loaded gas tank. It's got to look, look so funny. Like this is one of the times Kevin is so glad that he's married to me. Um, one of I've got so many times, one of so many times. Um, Ran, finished my five mile loop, put the gas in my car and drove myself home. And I called Kevin when I got home and I was like, I am superwoman because like, I just felt so empowered that day. Like I am not a damsel in distress. I didn't have to call anybody else for help. I took care of this on my own and it was all because I'm a runner. Yeah. You know what else would have fixed that problem? What? Putting fuel into the gas tank before it was on empty. Yes. And this is going to be the point of the actual lesson for your human body. Yes. You don't want to get anywhere near empty. You don't want to ding. You don't want it like, oh, well, it's kind of pointing near the E. No, no, no. If you start moving yourself off of like, it's a full gas tank, that's getting near the time to be like, I should put some fuel into my body so it keeps running optimally. So there's interesting debate on this, right? Because there are people out there that say that you should run fasted, that there, you know, you should have uh, train, runs, train low, race high, right? That you should have fasted runs or you should um, not fuel on certain runs to get your body used to trying to pull fuel from other areas of the body. Um, But a lot of the recent stuff that's been coming out is kind of pointing against that. A lot of this recent stuff, especially for females and the way that our hormones are and everything that happens with our hormones, especially in the morning, are showing that we do better in a fed state. And there are people out there that are definitely going to disagree with me. This is definitely controversial right now. Um, There are people out there that they think, you know, intermittent fasting is the best thing and that running in your intermittent fasting window is the best thing. I am going to have to disagree with that when it comes to performance and overall health, right? Like if you are trying to run just to lose weight and you have no other concerns, that's a different story. That's not, those are not the people that we coach. Okay. So if you're only goal is to lose weight and you don't care about performance and you don't care about your overall health. We are not the people for you. I think that second part is a key part is your overall overall health, health, right? Training in a fasted state is not a good long-term plan. Long-term, right. And so we like to help people train in a way that's right for them, right for their body, something that is sustainable, something that is going to improve your overall health. Because let's, if we face it, running is not always the healthiest thing. And the way that certain people train is not always the healthiest thing for your overall health and long-term health. Like the way that some people train really push that, you know, and that's what leads a lot of people to get injured and to end up in a chronic cycle of injury and to have major hormonal imbalances and loss of period and like all sorts of issues. Um, Red S is a really big thing that athletes deal with. And so what we're trying to teach you guys here on the podcast is with this podcast and really everything that we do is how to run long-term, how to improve both your overall health and your performance. Um, And that's really what nutrition and hydration will help you do here. And so running in a fed state, when you're making sure that you're getting enough fuel, um, both before, during, and after a run, and then making sure that you're just eat enough throughout the day. Like, and this is the the problem and the mistake that we see so many runners making when they're trying to lose weight, right? They use running as a way to lose weight. And so they're both restricting calories and running and trying to increase their running at the same time. And those two things just don't mix well. Yeah, they don't really mix well. One of the other mistakes people make is on say they do you enjoy a Saturday long run I think we have a lot of people on the team maybe listening who enjoy a Saturday long run I like the Sunday long run myself but they'll eat plenty of food on the day of their long run Mm -hmm. but they don't give it a lot of thought of the evening before 
Like if you run on a Saturday morning, your Friday evening is the fuel you're putting into your body for that Saturday long run. Mm -hmm. And then if it's a really long run, you might take more than Saturday to recover from that. If you go on a really long run on Saturday and then you're like, oh, well, I'm so tired. I'm going to take Sunday off. And because it's an off day, I don't really need to take in a whole lot of food. You're not fueling your body. Right. You're not fully recover, allowing your body to fully recover and even gain all the benefits yep. from your Saturday long run. Your, your night before, really your whole day before, your day of the long run, hard workout, whatever it is. And then the day after, all of these food is super important. And if you kind of keep working that forward onto a schedule, you're like, okay, well now we got a strength day. We got to make sure that you're fueling for that. And after that, mm-hmm. okay, but then I have a speed day, make sure that you're fueling before it right. and after it. See how every single day fueling becomes super important. It really just, it's a, it's an all day, all week, all, all the time thing. Well, I think that that's what, one of the things that we need to remember as runners. And, and this is, I, again, going back to people that get into running to lose weight, this is where a lot of the problems start, right? Because if the goal is weight loss, that often leads to restricting. And when you're restricting, that means you're not fueling your body. You're not giving your body everything that it needs because you're trying to create a deficit. Like that's what is required. You need a deficit in the amount of calories that you take in versus the amount of calories that you expend in order to lose weight. But by not giving your body what it needs and refueling properly, then the body is continuing to break down, right? Because the way that our body gets stronger is through fuel. So in our workouts, we break the body down, especially in our harder workouts, and we need to rest and recover and fuel our bodies, give our bodies the protein and the carbohydrates that it, they that it needs to rebuild stronger than it was before. Because your body can't build a house if it doesn't have any cement, if it doesn't have those concrete blocks, if it doesn't have the cement holding the concrete blocks together, right? That's what the protein and the carbs are. Like you need to break it down and then build it back up. You need to give your body that the construction materials to build back stronger than it was before. Right. I mean, that's what all of this is. Your strength, your mobility, your nutrition, your hydration. It's all just mm-hmm. bricks that you keep adding to this massive running foundation that you build up day upon day. It's not super exciting to be like, oh, well, I need to make sure that I've got enough fuel in that day. Like it doesn't have to be this super exciting thing. Getting in some basic like running drills to continue to work on your mobility and make sure that mobility is not decreasing, you know, running specific exercises, not necessarily the sexiest of workouts, but it just keeps building, putting in another brick day upon day upon day. Mm -hmm. That's what builds the foundation. It's not massive things that you have to do one day. It's just doing the same things over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And we're runners. So that should be okay. (laughs) Because like, if we're being honest with ourselves, running is kind of boring at times. Like there are like, we're literally just putting one foot in front of the other over and over and over and over again. Right. Like, I don't know. I had a very exciting workout today. Mm -hmm. It was 10 miles on a treadmill with a white wall in front of me and I forgot headphones. So it was just, it was exhilarating. Exhilarating. (laughs) Like it's cognitive stimulation at its best. Yes. Right. Um, but truly though, you know, we, we joke about it, but running is a journey and that's kind of what we're in this for. Right. So if you are the kind of person that constantly needs things to be different, I'm not sure if running is the best choice for you. Like there might be other sports that might be better suited for your personality type, because there's a lot of things that are just monotonous and running and fueling and hydration and strength training and like going and making sure that you're getting your runs in. Like there is, um, a monotony to it that is both, I don't want to say negative, but like there's something also kind of beautiful about it, right? Like, yes, because by <laughs> continuing to do those things day upon day and week upon week and month upon month, we will continue to build stronger bodies and, and to improve if we're doing it the right way that in that way is like a personalized way that's right for you. Yes. All right. So that's, that's sleep or sorry. That's no, we didn't do sleep yet. I know. Sorry. I, I, I glanced at the, at the outline and I jumped ahead. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. It's <laughs> sleep. Um, but we've done, we got strength and mobility. We've got uh, nutrition. Building, building up those layers of defense. We didn't really cover hydration. You have anything specific you want to talk on hydration? Drink water. The end. Kevin, okay. Kevin said, make sure you're eating. I'm going to say drink water. Um, there's, there's things out there, right. That there people will like say, 
drink your body weight in water every day or drink at least 80 ounces of water every day. And I will tell you guys, I have given these recommendations out as well because they're good guidelines to go with. I usually like to say to drink at least 75 ounces of water. I think that's a good number to shoot for. There's a lot of water bottles now. Like for those of you that are watching on the video, if you're not watching on the video, you can check out our videos <laughs> over on YouTube because we've started a YouTube channel, but I've got a 25 ounce bottle here. So I know if I, th- if I drink three of these per day, then I'm good. Right. So 75 ounces is kind of like an easy number to try to shoot for, but it's not uh, a hard and fast number out there. It's one of the best ways to know whether or not you're drinking enough water is by looking at the urine in the toilet. Like check out your pee. Like if it's yellow, you could probably drink some more water. If it's very, very light yellow or clear, then you're hydrated enough. The end, like that's really what you want to do. You want to make sure you're drinking enough water. You don't need to be excessively drinking. Like you don't need to be one of those muscle heads at the gym, carrying around a gallon, a milk gallon jug of, of water. You can be. If you it's want a great to go look. for it. Like I'm not knocking those guys at the gym at all. I love them when they walk through my high school. Like the guys that come in my class, the freshmen carrying the like the milk carton that's now just a water carton and mm-hmm. just pop it on their desk. I'm like, yeah, okay. that's not likely to spill all over the place. Hey, this is going to be great. I mean, if it makes you happy, go for it, right? <laughs> like there, there are fun water bottles nowadays that have like lines on them that have like phrases, yep. you know, like halfway there, you're doing great. And like, you know, you can track your, track your water intake, but monitoring your pee is one of the best ways to, to make sure that you're hydrated enough. But, um, if you'd like a number to shoot for, I think a good number to start with is around 75 ounces and then go from there. Yeah. And then if you sweat a lot, mm-hmm. you could also yeah. like on a run every once in a while, try and check. You could do the like weigh yourself before and after move, and you're not going to be able to drink that much water on your run. You literally cannot maintain, if it's like super hot outside, you cannot maintain your water level over the course of a long run. You will end up dehydrated. There's like drink to make sure that you're filling up all the sweat that you're putting off. You're going to feel sloshy. Your body just can't process it fast enough. There's other people that suggest that you can drink till thirst. Ultimately know that if you're out there for a long time and it's really hot, you're going to be dehydrated. So you should be drinking kind of excessively through the afternoon. Well, and and this goes back to don't only hydrate when you're working out, just like don't only fuel when you're working out, like what you do the rest of the day really matters. And so when we look at how much you're eating, both with nutrition and with your hydration, how much you're taking in, we're looking at the big picture and like, is this supporting your overall health? Is this supporting your overall performance? And, you know, you have to kind of figure out again, what's right for you. Like everything is personalized, like for you to perform your best, for you to achieve your running goals in the most effective and enjoyable way, you have to have a personalized plan and hydration is a part of that plan. You have to kind of figure out how much water you need. Like, cause like Kevin said, you know, everybody, every one of us sweats at different rates, right? Like some of us are sweatier. Like I'm a, I'm a pretty sweaty person, like in general, like I'm a, I'm a sweaty human. I have friends that are even sweatier than me, right. That look like after a mile, they look like they just got out of a pool. Right. And then there are people that I also run with that like run 10 miles and they barely look like they're glistening, you know, like they, you're like, you look at them and like their hair is still down and you're like, did you just run? Like what just happened? You know? Yeah. And so everybody's different you have to kind of figure that out. And, uh, that's something that we do have, um, more lessons on in in the academy to help you figure out those types of things in more detail but suffice it to say like make sure that you're drinking enough water excellent all right so we got strength mobility nutrition hydration and sleep we kind of let that one slip out earlier sorry i kind of let that one sleep out earlier and uh you need to make sure that you're sleeping plenty mm-hmm. like you can't try to keep cutting sleep so that you can fit more things into your schedule right like oh well i've got to make sure that i get my run in but I've got this, 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 and this on the schedule. Yeah. So I guess I'll get up at three so that I can get my run in. Like, okay, but what time did you go to bed? Because if you went to bed at midnight, three is not going to be a good time to get up. Like right. that's just not enough sleep for your body to actually make it from one day to the next. Yeah. Nothing is being optimized mentally, physically. It's it's not a good path. Yeah, it's just a matter of time until you burn out and or get injured. Like that's just as simple as it can be. Like, and if you're tired all the time and you're not getting enough sleep, that's a sign for you. And again, is there an optimal amount of sleep for everyone? No, this is personalized. But what I will tell you is that like four to six hours of sleep is not ideal for anyone. 
Okay. If you are an athlete and you're getting less than six hours of sleep, I will tell you that it is not enough. And if you want to DM me on Instagram at real life runners and tell me that I'm wrong and tell me that you only sleep five hours a night and you're totally fine. I am totally willing to have that conversation with you. Um, but this is one of the biggest things that we believe, I especially believe, led to Kevin's series of seizures a few years ago is chronic sleep deprivation. For 20 years, he slept for five hours a night and he was fine and he was winning marathons. But eventually that caught up to him. And there are no, the doctors out there, like, you know, they won't give it one definitive answer, but I truly believe in my heart. There were multiple factors, of course, like anything, but I believe sleep was a really big one. Right. So if you look at like the other guys of like lines of defense that we're putting up here, strength and mobility and nutrition, hydration, lack of sleep is like, okay, you keep stacking all these bricks, but lack of sleep is literally chipping away at them from the bottom. Mm -hmm. So as you keep trying to build and like increase. Jenga. Yes. But, but it's pulling out the wrong pegs at the bottom, like mm -hmm. the wrong tie. It's that person who keeps pulling the outside ones. It's like, he's getting real unstable. Down it's your five-year-old playing Jenga. Oh, God, <laughs> no, 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 not that don't, one. Don't, don't pull that. Well, <laughs> no. Okay. I guess we'll reset the tower again. Right. Um, it's that. So um, Because it's fun to watch it fall. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Except it's not fun when your body's the one falling. Right. And when I, um, talk to an athlete for the first time, like whether, you know, when we get new athletes in, in the Academy and they're dealing with, uh, an injury or they're not progressing, they're just like, they've hit a plateau and they've been at this same plateau for like three months or more. And I start talking to them. One of the first questions I ask is how much sleep do you get per night? Right? Like I, I start there because if that's such a low hanging fruit, like if you are getting four to six hours of sleep per night, just by increasing it to seven to eight hours of sleep per night is going to create massive benefits in not only your running, but the rest of your health and the rest of your life. Right. So if you look at this as like a long-term plan, yeah. seven to nine hours of sleep is really kind of the, the zone that you're aiming mm -hmm. for. And there is a small percentage of the population that has like the genetic anomaly that they are literally like low sleep optimizers. Yeah, I don't know so, about that. No, 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 there's a thing out there. And so there, everyone's like, oh no, no, that's definitely me. But the percent of the population is like 0.2% of the population. So just playing the odds, right. how statistics work. No, it's not you. I mean, like that's, that's how it goes. The, the likelihood is very, very low. And I would even venture to, to say like, how, how, you know, far down the road do they study these people, right? Like to the, sure. to, to have the genetic anomaly, like, oh yeah, you don't need as much sleep as somebody else. Like, have you followed them all the way until their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s? Like, exactly. does it ever catch up to them? You know, like uh, I would question that personally, but you know me, I like to question everything. Sorry. I've, I've heard a lot of the different <laughs> podcasts on, on sleep and, and stuff and tried to look into different studies on this. And the problem is, is that it's the same way that everybody likes to think that they're slightly above average. Right. No one likes to think that they're like phenomenal, but most people, when they try and judge themselves, they judge themselves as slightly above average or their kids, their kids in school. I've never met a parent at back to school night that did not judge their child as slightly above average. Sometimes more than slightly above average, but there were never the parents that came in there with it. So we're like, yeah, my kid's average. Like, do they not know what average means? I'm the math teacher. I, you, some most of, of the kids are average. Most of them are average. Right. That's how average works. Right. So, you know, playing the statistics, the odds that you are in fact like a, a super adapter to not need sleep is just really, really unlikely. I thought I was. And then this history of seizures turns out I was not. I was just chronically sleep deprived and I was never optimally doing well anything really right and and your brain kept score yes for you right and and so maybe like for kevin unfortunately it was his brain for some of you it might be your right knee for some of you it might be your left hip for some of you it might be your lower back right but there's some way that the body keeps score on you um and you can fool yourself for so long but eventually it's going to catch up so oh I, I got another one gi distress the about like sleep deprivation. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, Oh, I can't eat anything. while I run? Yeah. 
um, I can't eat anything before or after this all could in fact be related to complete lack of sleep yeah. because you do a whole lot of digesting while you're sleeping. Right. So if you rest sleep, and digest, yeah, it's so a parasympathetic nervous system. If you take away multiple hours where your body's supposed to be digesting mm-hmm. things, you're like, Oh, it doesn't matter what I eat the night before. Right. I can't, I can't eat anything on the morning of that's because you haven't been sleeping enough. Mm-hmm. So your body wasn't actually able to digest anything. Right. Right. Um, one of the things that we haven't quite mentioned yet either that um, is not on our little list here is pacing Um, effort levels and pacing is also another layer of defense. And like we've talked about on so many other episodes, most runners tend to run too hard. Right. And so another layer of defense that you could go to is trying to slow your runs down and do more of your running at an easy effort level. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to focus a lot of time on this, on this episode, just because again, we've had a lot of episodes relatively recently too, where we've talked about the importance of easy running, but that is also a very important layer of defense because if, even if you're getting the sleep and if you're hydrating and you're fueling yourself, but you're going out there and you're pushing your body to that medium to moderate to hard effort level on all of your runs, you're just constantly breaking down and that's just asking for trouble. So you want to make sure that you're doing at least 80% of your runs in that easy effort level. I shouldn't, I mean, and even that is still a guideline, right? Like even if it's a little bit less than 80% or a little bit more than 80%, that's okay. But that's just a good place to shoot for. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good starting point. And then adjust to your own, your own needs, your own goals and how your body is adapting. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got strength, mobility, nutrition, hydration, and sleep and pacing so that Mm -hmm. you're not just like grinding your body down every single day. Um, Beyond all this kind of encompassing all this, one of the key things here is having your mind in the right place. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't really fit nicely into the other ones. It's not like a, a line of defense. You're like, all right, I got my strength training. I got enough sleep, but having your mind in the right place that you've accepted that running is in fact this long-term mm-hmm. overall healthy journey yeah, and not just something that I need to do for the next eight weeks so that I can get a PR at that race, but it needs to be this longer-term thing. Then it suggests that, okay, I don't need to try and hack the system. Mm-hmm. I don't need to take all of these shortcuts. I'm going to try and make, maintain my overall optimal health while trying to go after personal records. They will trying to chase down a personal best, mm-hmm. but that big long-term growth mindset really helps things in case any of these other walls might not necessarily work for one particular week. Okay. Maybe you go on vacation and your food is completely off track. You're staying up later than normal. All of the things that we've been covering seem to be being completely thrown out the window for a week. You don't have to be like, well, I can never run again. Like you, you don't, it's a long-term process. Your foundation didn't disappear. Mm -hmm. You just didn't add to the foundation that week. Right. And you know, when we talk about our real life runners method, this is phase one, like intention and having a growth mindset is phase one, which is why this is, doesn't really fit into one of the separate layers. This really is like an all encompassing idea for all of the layers. And it's where all the layers kind of fit into because when you have a growth mindset, the idea is I can get better. I can improve. And like Kevin said, having that long-term mindset of like, just because I didn't make very specific improvements this week, that doesn't mean anything has gone wrong, right? There are going to be points in our training where we have little plateaus. We don't want those plateaus to last too long because that's extremely frustrating, right? So if you are a runner that's been plateaued for three months or more, like we understand, you know, we, and you're exactly who we love to help to start to break through those plateaus by getting specific on some of these foundational layers and helping you figure out, okay, which of these foundational pieces do I really need to work on so that I can break through that plateau? But the growth mindset, just the idea that growth is possible, improvement is possible. Just because I haven't achieved my goal doesn't mean it's impossible. I just haven't gotten there yet, right? Having that long-term future focus and that goal, that lighthouse out in the distance that's driving you is really important. So if things aren't ideal at all times in your training, it's totally okay. 
Right. I mean, every once in a while, there's, there are nights, uh, sleep is super important to me, but there are nights that I don't get enough sleep. And sometimes that means that I don't run the next day because I know that that combo is not going to go well for me. There are nights that I have something for dinner that is not necessarily going to be the, the thing that I would necessarily have chosen. But given the environment I'm in, we're out or whatever, that's what that's the dinner option that I've got. Right. So then you just have to kind of adjust maybe what the workout is the next day. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep and you're not eating exactly what you were wanting to the, day, the night before. Maybe it's not a day for a long run. Maybe it's not a day for a speed session, mm-hmm. but you can still try and keep stacking bricks day upon day right. and saying, all right, I'm going to keep improving that foundation. Mm-hmm. And if you've been improving it for a few weeks and you're like, I don't feel like I've made enough progress, maybe the bricks that you're stacking are a little bit smaller than you imagine them to be. But if you just keep stacking them, you will keep making progress. Yeah. And I think that the other thing that you want to keep in mind too is that if you are maybe not ideal in one area, you can also lean into the other areas to kind of try to help make up for that, right? So if for some reason you haven't been able to fuel your body well because of whatever things, maybe you can get more sleep. Mm-hmm. Or maybe um, if you haven't gotten enough sleep, maybe you can do better with fueling your body because food gives us energy, right? During our sleep, our body rebuilds and rejuvenates and we get energy back, but food also gives us energy, which is one of the reasons why you tend to be more hungry and get, have like more of the munchies on the days where you are sleep deprived. Like that is the body screaming out for energy. Right. And so instead of turning to like chips and cookies and those easy, like quick sugar fixes, really nourishing your body with good nutrition on the days that you, you know, weren't able to get as much sleep as, as you wanted to, maybe you're a new mom and your five-year-old woke up with a night, you know, from a nightmare. And it was important for you to be there for, for her. Um, that's, that's a good thing, right? Like that's, that's a good thing, but that's why there are multiple layers here that you can fall back on so that if one kind of gets, is is not ideal, you can fall back on the others along the way. Yes. Excellent. Also make sure that you pick a a strong password with numbers and letters and signs. I suggest using (laughs) a password manager. Um, and this is not sponsored by any means, but the, the password manager that I use is called one password. My mom is now set up on that and she's coming back over tomorrow so we can continue to set her up on that. Um, but yeah, make sure that you're secure. <laughs> make sure you are have good security. I just wanted on the to tie the episode all the way back around and <laughs> yeah. make sure that everybody's um, safe on the internet. But also make sure that you're building that strong running foundation. If and if you want help, if you want um, our real life runners method where we walk you step by step through this, get on the wait list for the academy. Okay. We, I don't have enrollment open right now, but we will be opening enrollment next month in November. Um, so realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Academy, you can get on the wait list so that you can know when enrollment opens back up for that. Um, and again, we give you me- like so many details and lessons and education on all of these very specific layers so that you can figure out how to craft a plan to build the foundation that's right for you. Excellent. I think that was an excellent episode. All right. Dog seems to think that we're done. So okay. apparently we're done. We have to go before the dog starts barking at random noises out there. <laughs> but as always, you guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Don't forget about the running snapshot over at realliferunners.com forward slash snapshot. And if you haven't yet left us a review on iTunes, we would so much appreciate if you could just take one minute and go to do that right now. Just if you're in Apple podcasts, listening to us, just scroll down. There's going to be a little button that says write a review. You can tap um, on the five stars to give us a, a great writing there and write a little review about what you found either about this episode specifically or about the podcast in general that you found helpful so that other people can um, find the podcast as well. And as always, this has been the Real Life Runners podcast episode number 277. Now get out there and run your life. <laughs>